Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Craig, I've noticed that you have a, a book in the bathroom that says 52 Things to Do While You Do a Poo. Mm-hmm. And it's written by, apparently, but I don't think this is his real name, Hugh Jasper. <laughs> <laughs> whether, that's, whether that book belongs to you, whether that book belongs to your girlfriend, whoever it, it is. It, it, it belongs to me as a present for my girlfriend. I've really went down in my estimation. Welcome to Thursday's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Fowler and I'm joined on this occasion by Sean McGuigan. And after serving his suspension... <laughs> oh, fuck that, didn't I? Serving his suspension for getting a haircut, Craig Telfer. Was I putting suspension for getting a haircut? Because <laughs> in fact, I'm sure I put my availability down and I've completely we've, passed over. We've offered twice and, uh, been, uh, and been rejected. One we've, for the, the Christmas special, fair uh, enough. Uh, another was for... The Big Cock. Gary Cock. <laughs> <laughs> Gary the big cock cocker No it comes from the office There's a bit where it says It's uh, Andy Hitchcock He's talking about uh, Andy Cockle's cocky The big cock Ask him if he got the grass stains Out of his trousers <laughs> Not in front of his wife <laughs> Sorry uh, that's, that's, that's where the big cock comes from And his name's Cocker as well <clears throat> It's good to be back though It's good to be back It's been a, it's been a long time I think it's been a couple of months Since I last did a yeah. podcast um, So Pleased to be back I'm pleased to be back. It's always it's always good fun when we when we get the three of us together. It's kind of like um, the hangover, but just over and over again. <laughs> Who knows? I'm going to leave you with that. Like just, that is the hangover tattoo. not the hangover and over and over again? Because there was three of them in the world. It was eventually. It was eventually. Was the third one not quite different though? I didn't see it. I just heard about it. It was supposed to be like like Gremlins two, where it just went completely off. <laughs> I, I gave up the third one. I watched the third one, but I don't think it was like I don't, I don't remember any similarities to Gremlins two, but it wasn't very good. Like Ocean, more like Ocean's Eleven, sort yeah, of like it, a heist it, movie. It was more kind of concentrated on the Asian guy um, who sold them the drugs in the first one. Right. Like but he, the rest of them were still in it, except for the groom. Right. Because Grim's not even in the second one. He's really, he was really boring guy anyway. This guy disappears. He gets lost, lost, lost now. This brew dog tastes quite soapy. Oh, does it? Yeah, it's a bit washing powdery. I still drink it. Hmm. Sorry about that. Today's podcast isn't brought to you by Nutmeg. Actually, it's brought to you by Brewdog Punk IPA, postmodern classic. If you like your IPA with a tangy tropical taste, to it, <laughs> this is the IPA for you. And soap. And soap. <laughs> Uh, punk IPA meets perso. You know, it tastes weird, but at least my mouth will be very clean by the end of this. <laughs> no, can't think of a good link there. No, it's just I'm looking at Craig's face. Craig, you've started staring off into the mid distance. You are fed up with me and Sean already. <laughs> I can tell Sean and I are getting right in your nerves just now, aren't it we? It only gazes off in the distance about halfway through when we're talking about, I don't know, Strunrad or whatever. Yeah, now, now he's giving up, giving up already. That's straight vodka, it's not more. I've been mixing up this time. I'm going to start gazing off in the distance and then I'm going to get right in it around about the halfway point. I around do. when we're talking about Stenhouse Muir. Yes, yes. That's, uh, I'm glad to be here. Like one of the monkey heads in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, you will cut off the top of my head and pick at my brains. Trying to dig out somewhere for Stenhouse Muir in there. Believe me, you won't have to root around hard to find something. It's all wall to wall Steny up here. So let's begin at the bottom of the championship. Yes, and here we go. the two teams that 
going into the season were supposed to be in contention for the title and instead are in serious contention of dropping out of the division that is Falkirk and Partick Thistle who played each other at the weekend and surprise surprise it was a draw Partick Thistle bad results bad signings a, a slightly odd manager that appears to have beef with at least two players uh, the first team squad has been abducted by the SAS and beaten up by them. <laughs> they have signed a player who was banned from playing football by the FIFA, by FIFA. Got that ban overturned, but then decided not to play him anyway. He's noising off on Twitter about it. Did he not get injured? Uh, well, he's now suggesting that he's actually fit to play, but just isn't getting picked. <laughs> they signed a player and teased his. Oh, the same time Scobie teased it by putting that hangman game, but misspelt Scobie. <laughs> Dave, uh, what have they done? Uh, they've they, had the players sent off three times in reserve games in half a season. They had to slightly delay a game because against Morton because a load of light bulbs blew up and they had to pick up glass from the park. <laughs> and they, a former player's father challenged a Gary Caldwell parody account to a fight on Twitter. Now, I don't want to unduly concern Patrick Thistle fans, but take it from me, it's from acorns like those... Uh, that a banterera grows. <laughs> if, uh, if old Fun Facts has listened to this, you should be writing all this down, mate, because this is liquid gold. It's been an absolutely shambles of a season for, for Partick Thistle. Um, I listened to the Jagscast podcast uh, last night, and it was obviously recorded before Chris Erskine's departure to Livingston. And I think had it been done afterwards, it would have been even more visceral, but the, the supporters are not happy at the moment, and, and quite rightly so. Gary Caldwell's got... One win in twelve games. Uh, it might actually be slightly more than that. And it's you always look for a sort of a new manager bounce, obviously, and that's not happened. I mean, where were they when when Alan Archibald left? They were in competitive. Uh, it's fair to say they were. Yeah, they were struggling, but they weren't in this much danger. I, I don't want to guess, but I think I think they were about seventh in the table when Archibald left. Which was, wasn't really good enough considering, no, no, no. To, considering last year was an absolute farce as well because they weren't, you know, they'd come for the top six, they dropped it at the league. I think a lot of people said this, uh, and do you agree with the point that the lack of fight in that game against Livingston, especially the second leg, yeah. that Archibald maybe should have went then. But now you look at it and say, well, maybe they should have kept Archibald. No, no, I still think Archibald still, still should have gone. I think Archibald, he should have gone in the, the summary. There was so much credit in the bank. It was interesting what he said on um, Sports Sound on yeah. Tuesday because he'd said immediately after uh, the after the loss to Livingston that there were players in the squad who didn't, didn't do their all for the team, basically. Um, and... He, wanted, he was going to get rid of those players and bring in players who, who, wanted, who were going to care more and then that would get them back up the table. And then he also said on Sportsound that there was two players that he was trying to get rid of all summer and they're told they were going to be leaving. Couldn't get rid of them and then ended up in the squad and having to play. So Could these be... Chris Dillon and Chris Erskine? <laughs> could they be? No, could they be? I, could doubt, they, I doubt it is. Could they, they, I would say one thing for Gary Caldwell and it must take big balls... To, to get like make a player like Chris Erskine leave to, to encourage him to I don't well encourage I, I don't know apparently they had a, a dispute in the training ground a, a week or so ago and that's what left Erskine being left out of the team I would highly doubt it was them two that Archibald was talking about and, and, I think and, he's got past really, a long relationship with him and, and they've, they've and, and, been and, good for his career so I'm just I'm just, I'm just uh, I've got my big you, you'll really be winding up for so fast I, know, uh, I, I know you're saying it, it takes big balls I, I, I agree to a, to a certain degree, however, most Partick Thistle fans would suggest that the vast majority of their midfield creativity actually actually came from him this season, and, <laughs> and getting rid of him was a uh, is a mistake, and it'll cost them. But uh, Gary Harkins is coming. Surely he's a similar, he's all a bit less mobile than, than Chris Erskine, but there's a player who can provide a spark in the middle of the park. I would say considerably less mobile. Uh, <laughs> mo- most Queen of South fans weren't that sorry to see him go if you're looking at the last time he was involved in a, a championship relegation struggle he didn't really bring anything to United I think he has an affinity to Paddock Thistle so maybe he will give them a, a, a bit extra uh, I just remember I'm supposed to be doing dry January and I've broken it already <laughs> fuck me <laughs> fucking hell hang on dry January 
You've got a night out. Aye, but I mean, talking after that. Okay. Talking after that. The, 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 the thing... <laughs> I dry January, apart from that weekend. Aye, apart from that weekend. But I was up until basically, it was basically like dry, dry uh, three weeks, but jeez, oh man, what an arsehole. The point I was, I was going to make something is, is, having been in a position, I'm sure, we've probably all been in a position where you've got a very popular player at the club with an unpopular manager and the unpopular manager makes a popular player leave. We'll come on and talk about Stenhousemuir later, but when Scott Booth was in charge at Stenhousemuir, the moment that convinced me he, he was no good, he, he wouldn't be any good was when he allowed Sean Dixon to leave for these five. Sean Dixon had been playing at the club for five years and had contributed a lot, but certainly in relative terms, like Chris Erskine has done so much for Partick Thistle over the last 10 years and, and a player who, granted, hasn't been fantastic over the last 18 months, but I suppose it makes matters even worse when he signs for a club that's actually higher in the currently higher in the food chain at Partick Thistle. If I had the Partick Thistle are, are fighting to stay in the Championship, and then he signs for a for a team that's kind of lower mid table in the Premiership, must kind of grate even more. Yeah, this guy's got the quality. If this guy's if this guy's good enough to be playing a team looking to get into the top six, why isn't he good enough yeah. for a team at the bottom of the Championship? It never really bodes well for managers as well when they feel like they have to make a point by getting rid of one of the better players in the team. I think managers do it quite a lot. They don't feel they've got the respect to the dressing room, but I think the the smart play would be, you know, pick some absolute jobber who's not going to really <laughs> help you win any points anyway and make an example of him, not, you know, chase out one of your better attacking players. But, you know, we don't know what's happened behind the scenes. But f- from Thistle fans, they always kind of, those who've come into contact with us can say, such a great guy and all that. And Archibald was singing his praises mm-hmm. as well. So it's, the optics right now are great for Caldwell. The only way that's going to change is if they start winning some games funny talk about Harkins had that period earlier in the season where I think Queens were using him as like a defensive midfield playmaker yep. and he had like a really good month and then his form could have tailed off I'm sure he did he not have a wee spell where he did that for Dundee as well uh, uh, it wasn't that, that I don't think it was that far back but he was handed the captain's armband at Dundee and that really brought out a response to him and he had a great month it seems like the last five years of Gary Harkins he's had like great months where he looks an incredible player because we all know how talented he is but it just doesn't sustain. And then eventually, seems to leave clubs quite abruptly. I don't mm. want to say he's fallen out with managers, mm. but it does seem like he's fallen out with managers. But the way Fissel are right now, if, even if you can give them that one month of playing brilliantly, then <laughs> that might be enough just to get them ahead of Falkirk. But li- literally every single part of Patrick Thistle's team needs reject. So they started the season without a right-back. They still don't really have a right-back. Uh, Centre-halves, Sean McGinty and Niall Keown. Not playing well at all. You watched the so, so you watched the uh, Zach Rudden's goal mm-hmm. um, at the weekend there, and the way uh, um, who's it had the shot that, that uh, yeah, it's Mark Waddington has a header. It's pushed out by Hazard, but when the the header comes in, you can see Zach Rudden's already on his toes to move in to chase up, mm-hmm. to gobble up any rebounds there, and the two defenders were completely uh, on on their heels. The follower uh, Niall Keown's been something else when he was alone. He looked excellent yep. um, the season they finished sixth he really looked like he was going to have not just a, a solid career in like Scottish football like he he seemed like somebody who had the talent to really do something like I don't know the Championship or England because he was I mean he's still only a young player but since then oh Jesus and I guess Stephen Saunders might be an upgrade on those two is it going to be a big <laughs> enough upgrade to kind of get them out of trouble I'm not so sure midfield spoke about Harkins brought in Joe Cardle as well Right, okay. I mean, I quite like Joe Cardell. Again, is it going to be a massive upgrade? I, is, he, is he the sort of... Joe Cardell's all strikes me, and I've you'll know a lot better than me, he always strikes me as a guy who's brilliant for you if you're 3-0 up. Mm-hmm. But if it comes to, like, your 2-0 down away at Juventus, for instance. Not that's what I like to happen to party this one. But you know what I mean? It's like, it's, when, it comes to the, when it comes to the showdown, is he going to be there for you? He, he started uh, last season... I'm going for the Roy Keane analogy. I was, just, yeah, I was just imagining myself on the touchline at Juventus. Joe, come on! <laughs> get, it, get it up! He started uh, last season in ridiculous one. I think he might have scored in, it was seven or nine in the first two months of the season. Got injured. Came back, wasn't the same, and nor were Dunferman. And to be honest, that was probably the last time he played particularly well. I, I mean, I, I don't know how he performed when I mean, he went down south and was playing, I think, non-league football down south. Don't know how he was performing down there, but he didn't perform particularly well for the last two-thirds of last season. For Is he not in his 30s as well? Uh, he'll be approaching, but I think he might be 33. He's 31, and it was... Oh, was it? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like us when we get your age wrong, Sean. Uh, AFC filed... 
Uh, and they play in the National League, the fifth tier of English football. You, you normally go too high than my age, incidentally. Right, oh, okay. But also, that was your card right enough. But, but you, what, you know, is there anything we can say, though, about Partick Thistle? Can it get, can it get better? Surely, Gary Caldwell, <coughs> is, uh, he's got the contacts in Scotland, particularly his association with Celtic. There might be a player that can come in. But, but you kind of hope that, well, from a Partick point of view, you kind of hope they would do that, maybe bring in. A loan signing from Celtic, and instead he brings in a loan signing from Blackburn. Is it uh, Lewis Mansell, who has never scored a senior goal, as far as I'm aware? And I think I read today that this season he has more red cards than goals at under 23 level. Okay, our silence speaks. So I'm trying to shoehorn a Nigel Mansell joke in there, but I'll leave that to, to your dad. No, I can't think of anything. Uh, Falkirk. Positive. I think there's. I mean, you saw how many fans Falkirk brought to to Farhill. Fourteen hundred. I think. Can some of them play? <laughs> I think there, there, there's a Falkirk green shoots of recovery. Yeah, I've yeah, actually got that written. <laughs> <laughs> I think getting Zach Grudden back is That's enormous key. for them because he's been, in fact, the only signing you can say is actually Paul Payton's done is. Becoming okay-ish, mm-hmm. but Zach Rudden consistently, he's been a player that that's done well for Falkirk. In his interview, only... when he said that I'm just here to fucking score goals, mm-hmm. you know, what I mean, if you're not, if you're a Falkirk supporter and you, you don't find that endearing, then that's that's a that's a really good call. To I think you need another striker, probably a goalkeeper and a, a right back, maybe two or three more left backs. I'd never think you can have enough uh, left full backs. Who's the other midfielder that's signed recently? Ian McShane. Keylor Davis yes Keylor Ian McShane Davis Davis I think, I think uh, they were reasonably impressed with McShane against Thistle I think he's a good player he's part of that Queen of the South uh, crop though they just kind of cursed as soon as they left Palmerston I think McShane's kind of split opinion at Queen of the South in terms of you know, he's not necessarily somebody that kind of dives into tackles and is getting the ball back he's not necessarily somebody who is pinging long passes but however he does any time he gets the ball the chances are it'll be a teammate that touches the ball next I think Queen of South fans maybe didn't appreciate him at the time but I think as soon as he left within a couple of months they thought yeah actually we're, we're really missing him and I think Falkirk will, will get a lot out of him and I think he'll, he'll really benefit them in terms of you talked about Rudden he looks like Sam Dingle from Emmerfield <laughs> I don't think I would like him in my pub quiz team uh, but but he's just here to score fucking goals and that's the main thing. I said if they get a good partner to go, because I think he's doing a lot of work in his own there at the moment. If they, if they can get a a, a a sort of bigger like a you're, you know you talk about your your first striker and second striker, if they can get a sort of big target target man, a sort of more physical player, perhaps the player they thought Denon Lewis might be who's absolute absolute huddy. You see that one? I can't remember who it was they were playing. The box, the, the cross came out into the box and he. Like almost shielded it away like if, you, if, you didn't know, if you didn't know what way Falkirt were attacking it looked as though he was defending yeah. it so he'd hold, hold it off the, the striker I think that's the sort of player they could do somebody who's a, a bit more aggressive but has a physicality that can do the, the battering ram stuff and just allow uh, Zach Grunt to prowl inside the air as he's done to great effect I think they need a striker I think they need a goalkeeper yeah. I think they possibly need two full backs uh, unless his plan is to move Paul Dixon because Paul Dixon's been playing centre half since he come in if the plan is to move him out wide at some point to, to left back fair enough I think they need a right back because I don't think Lewis Kidd uh, is the answer there and as you say they, they definitely need a forward Zach Rudden has got 8 goals a season I think the next highest scorer is something like Joe McKee on, on 2 I mean they, they literally have, have I want to say this in record now. I saw Joe McKee eating in a restaurant in Glasgow a couple of months ago and he chews with his mouth open oh does he? Unacceptable. It is, really is. I was sitting a good couple of yards away from him, and it's uh, you can take your eyes off it. I went on a date years ago uh, with a girl, and she, she ate with her mouth open. I thought there, there won't be a second. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else about Falkirk? Uh, what do you think they'll finish? I have, uh, I have a sneaking suspicion that they might catch up Aloha there's a whiff of St Murn from a couple of years ago albeit a Tesco value version <laughs> but as in they've managed to clear the vast majority of the dreck as St Murn did a couple of years mm-hmm. ago and they've brought in competent replacements they I mean that St Murn team went on almost kind of title winning form for yeah. the last third of the season Falkirk won't do that but I can see them reeling in one or two clubs ahead of them and the, and the two clubs ahead of them are, are Aloha and Dunfermline big Scottish Cup weekend for Falkirk oh no that's right Stennis Muir knocked him out wasn't it 
Sorry. The thing is as well, with Alloa only just being six points ahead of them, you know, it takes Alloa to lose a game and Falkirk to win a game to that suddenly become three points, and three points doesn't seem like such a massive gap. However, with Alloa, I've been hugely impressed with Alloa this season. Hugely impressed, perhaps. Certainly in the Championship, I've been most impressed by them because at the start of the season, when we did our, our sort of our league preview podcast, we said that Alloa by default will finish probably likely finish bottom because they are a part-time team and mm-hmm. therefore part-time teams they're not as fit as the other yep. teams the, the, the smaller squads etc but Alloa have, have been sensational and particularly that sort of fighting spirit to be like it was against Falkirk two goals down to come back to draw two it's Dunfermline they've done it against Dunfermline to go a goal down against Morton and to come back and, and draw 2-1 and the, the amount of luck that you need to uh, who was it that scored the own goal for Morton? Kerr Waddle Amount of luck going with you to for a, a sort of ball spinning into the area that defies physics <laughs> that allows somebody like Waddle to uh, to touch in. It's fantastic. I think Jim Goodwin's doing a great job there, and as well, Alan Troughton was a player I was dismissive of. I thought that the the championship might be too great a step based on based on his previous form, but he's been excellent this season. You probably see he's been one of the best next to Dobby, perhaps behind Dobby and uh, Shanklin, the best yep. forward in the division. I just season. I just had a thought there when you were talking about their fitness levels, because we we talked about the earlier season how Alawa, notoriously small park anyway, had made it even smaller. And I think, well, I'd certainly at least, I'd kind of presumed that was to make them difficult to break down, mm-hmm. so there's less like space for teams to pass the ball through. But I wonder as well if it's less distance for their own players to cover if you're only training two nights a week and you might not be as fit as the full-time teams possibly I mean I, I think I, I thought at the start of the season that that narrow in the park <clears throat> would actually be more of a, a hindrance and a help because actually had, they've, they've got always got good white players mm. so I thought that might actually be a, a, a hindrance to them so but their home form the last month I think they've won the last the last three home games uh, I also if you're a good wide player you only need a yard <laughs> I, thought, I thought at the start of the season that the fact they had so many lone players that they were kind of relying on the loan deals were all up in, in January. I thought they're going to be able to keep them. Uh, Connor Shields has been retained. He, he's doing very well at wide. They've, they've got him for Sunderland. Sam Roscoe has and been Andy excellent. Graham and Andy Graham and are half, doing really well. Alongside Andy Graham. There was a wee bit coming and going with whether or not they were going to get Dario uh, Zanata back. Uh, he's been playing up front. He, yeah, I mean, from, was, from who? I'm not even going to mention him. <laughs> Those of who shall be unnamed. And the only, I think the only loan signing they've that's went back to his club is Hasty, that's went back to Motherwell. But that's because they recalled him because he was yeah. doing. Because uh, he was doing his and as much as he's going to be a loss, they've managed to bring in Jordan Kirkpatrick, who is already slotted into that, that wide left position. I, I, I still kind of worry about Alloa for all the reasons that you mentioned at the start because they're a part-time team but, but the like, thing is they probably only need if they can get maybe another six wins aye. that might actually be enough but to keep them you, you look at that team right look through that team and a lot of those players who would you rather have playing for you like if you were to look through for instance like the Morton team or the Dunfermline team you'd probably take a lot of the Alloa players Neil Parry's a fantastic goalkeeper he's how many I, I, I didn't, didn't check his stats he's kept a, a, a really high number of clean sheets yep. this season not just one of the best part-time goalkeepers in the lower leagues but one of the best goalkeepers in the lower leagues full stop Andy Graham he's about 35 he's having a fantastic season mm-hmm. just now uh, John Robertson and Ian Flanagan are, are playing are, are playing really well in the middle of the park Flanagan's ability from dead balls is sensational some of the goals he's, he's scored for this season have been Beckham-esque and they're aplomb and up front I Alan Trouton as we've mentioned and, and Dario Zanata I think there's I, I, I've looked forward to I look forward to I, I'd like to think that Alwa can, uh, can can stay there because a, a club that I admire I think it's a club that all like, part time clubs should aspire to similar to Dumbarton a few years ago Dumbarton or we've got, <laughs> got four players at the moment even if Falkirk recover <clears throat> Alwa finished ninth like if they don't overhaul anybody else and nobody else kind of drops down and this will continue to be a complete shit show as they are at the moment they still have to fancy their chances of staying up because Wraith will absolutely shit the bed in the playoff yeah. final so. I, no, I, I totally agree I know you've you just said that to try and wind me up <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to Wraith Rovers <laughs> while you were saying that I was actually about to say aye but there'll be Wraith Rovers in the playoff <laughs> so I, I totally agree and a, a point I thought that was quite interesting about Jim Goodwin and, and you know maybe maybe put him there just to see what he was like or Dario's and I are playing up front and the Dario's and I are spent the majority of last season at Wraith Rovers he was as are most wingers at that level a kind of inconsistent winger he was he was very quick he could beat a man but he would have two good games followed by three or four poor games he he went to ground relatively easily and as much as I liked him uh, as an option at wide 
I didn't think he was great. However, Jim Goodwin kind of has announced to, to try him up front, and now he's kind of leaning the line for for Allo. It said, I suppose it's a out kind of out of the box thinking that Barry Smith clearly uh, wasn't capable of last season. <laughs> okay, we're done with the championship. I, I believe so. Unless you want to suggest that Dunfermline could get dragged into it. Could they get dragged into it, Sean? Yes. Okay. Right, into League One. Now, the most famous kind of capitulation uh, for a team favourite for the title in the lower leagues has to be Greenock Morton. And I think the 2003-2004 season. Uh, I can't remember how big a lead they had, but it, it seemed unassailable. Double uh, figures anyway. It was, it was a, that was an extraordinary lead. And they completely fell apart in the second half of the season to the point where there has been, to this day, although every single player strangely denies it, to this day there's been rumours that some of the players were on the take. Oh, there's some interesting stuff. I'll share it for you once we stop recording. There's some interesting stuff about that season. I'm sure you'll be... Uh, uh, I don't think the listeners will be too happy with this. Well, <laughs> They're looking uh, at the juicy costs. It'll pay your two dollars then. <laughs> no, no, actually, no stick, you can't stick it behind pages and don't pay anything. <laughs> can I can't tell you, sorry. <laughs> but that, this would perhaps be topped, well, maybe without the matrix and stuff, uh, if Arbroath were to throw this away. 13 point lead at the top of League One. Arbroath are fantastic. Yep, they yeah. are. I've seen them, uh, I've, seen, I've seen the two sides of Arbroath, in fact, because. It was our Christmas day out. Uh, we went to Arbroath Hospitality. We went to see Arbroath versus Brecon City. And it, it wasn't a good game of football at all. Um, hospitality was all right. Uh, the, the the problem was it was it was, a, it was a stuffy game and Brecon looked okay in spells. It took a long time to wear them down until there was a, a very good ball put into the cross, uh, the box, and, and Ryan McCord finished it. Bobby Lynn best player as well. Bo- Bobby Lynn, aye. Bobby Lynn. I thought Danny Denham was the best player myself. But <laughs> yeah, he was uh, very good at his 15 minute cameo. <laughs> and he ran the ball out of place several times. Um, but but, no, but that's, that's the last time you go for a pint, man. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you know, they, they say that, that winning and not playing well is a sign of champions. Well, what about if you dish up an absolute pound into the worst team in the division, go two goals up in the space of nine minutes, then that must be the sign of champions. I watched the uh, Arbroath versus Stenhouse Muir at, at the weekend, and it really was. I mean, it was a going into it, it was a top versus bottom battle, but Arbroath were fantastic. Arbroath were really, really good. I mean, the, the first goal came. It came after about two or three minutes. It was Danny Denham had forced the pinned the fullback. Uh, into his own and towards his own byline and Danny hooked the ball basically just got a toe you know the sort of thing you do just to keep it in play he hooked a crossover and the cross is a floaty cross and it's dipping in there and the, the Rudy, Rudy, Donaldson. Rudy Donaldson the goalkeeper could have come and got it Rudy Donaldson didn't Bobby Lynn ran into it and finished from about six yards and so I think that showed one how confident and how good our both are particularly Bobby Lynn and two how poor Stennis Muir were defensively uh, Stennis Muir's problems this season have all been defensive we'll come on to Stennis Muir's because we'll keep talking about our both the second goal came Ryan Wallace with a, a laser guided shot in, into the net um, and then Stennis Muir came back into it uh, towards the end of the half um, Mark McGuigan scored and then Alan Cook hit the crossbar immediately so you've been going from an absolute breath position to equalise uh, to, to level I was, uh, I was starting to get my hopes up at this point and yes. uh, yeah. As I was watching us toilet air drink. So we all were. <laughs> so, but then the second the second half, Aloha dished out a, a, a Aloha, Aloha both dished out a body. They had a, a header that looked as though it crossed the line. I, and had any other time, it better be contentious. But Ryan Wallace went and scored <clears throat> straight afterwards. Anyway, a really good finish. And then Bobby Lynn scored directly from a corner kick. And it was just our both looking through that squad. It, the starting eleven, the squad in general, and it must just be such a great time to be an Arbroath fan. You've got such a good group of players there, and I can't remember at that level as good a part-time team in a while as good as this Arbroath team. I think they're better than any Aloha team that's been at that level. I don't know if they are. I don't. I think they're as, as relentless as Aloha. Remember the, the Aloha team and the Paul Hartley's Aloha team. Uh, they 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 were good. I mean, they they, they were really good. But I, I just think that this, this team is just like chock a block full of quality. Every position, they've got a the, good player in there. They've got the best goalkeeper in the league, and Dan Jameson. Mm-hmm. The best centre half in the league, Tom O'Brien. Yep. Uh, Ricky Little wouldn't be far behind. Yeah. Uh, the best right winger. Better uh, the best right back, uh, Jason Thompson. They've got the best winger in the league. Uh, best player in the league, actually. Full stop. Probably, yeah. Bobby Lynn. 
Up front, up front, they've got a good tandem. Uh, the the Pulton scored enough goals between them in terms of McKenna and Wallace. Although Wallace's double at the weekend puts them on nine, McKenna might just be on three. They're a great duo, and uh, you know they work really hard. I was wondering if if Dick Campbell maybe because he's brought in Luke Donnelly. Mm-hmm. I think unless it's happened today, I, I'm about out of the loop because I've. I've been working, I've not paid attention. The, the rumour is I'm signing Greg Spence. I saw Greg Spence put on Twitter, he's been removed from the Aloha group chat. <laughs> Andy Graham has kicked him out of the Aloha group chat and WhatsApp and so on. That but could the, be a, could be but that would be a great signing for them. Because as much as Greg Spence generally kind of struggles when he gets up to the championship level, he generally scores goals as well at League One level. Uh, so th- <clears throat> if there has been a weak, a weak point in our growth, it may be Could he be there for Steno Asprey though? Disrupt uh, <laughs> the apple cart. I can only hope, but I doubt it. I mean, as much as as much as Wraith Rovers haven't played particularly well this season, they haven't been hopeless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as much as they've deserved criticism, the, the thing about this our growth team is, if you look at how many points have accumulated, they are on course to chalk up more points than the last three winners of League One. And the last three winners were Air United full time, Livingston full time, Dunfermline. Full time. I mean, they've only dropped points. So Wraith beat them at uh, Gayfield, and I think they've had four draws. Now, if a team is doing that, there's, there's pretty much nothing you can do. And, okay, Wraith have been great, but we'd have to have been exemplary to be even remotely near our growth. Who was the first team? Uh, the one before Dunfermline might have been Morton. Would that be right? Yeah, they, 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 they got like 60 odd points yeah, they, 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 lost a, they lost a lot So this will be the highest since Rangers basically On their current form I think they're averaging something like 108 two. points Rangers got nah, So they're not going to get to that I think Rangers will no. drop like 4 points all season yeah. uh, Whether it would be Whether it would be close to I, I can't remember what Gretna mm-hmm. finished on But it, it, it remarkable. it's incredible it's, it's good And you look at Dick Campbell And and the, I know Dick Campbell's become a bit of a meme recently, like Snow Castle, but in terms of his, his man management and his ability to get the best out of players, I kind of I've, I've sort of realised that to, you don't need to be a good manager. It's not about coaching and stuff like that. It's just if you've got good players, knowing how to knowing how to get the best out of them, and you leave the coaching to someone else, knowing how to get the best out of them. And everyone, the way people talk about Dick Campbell and stuff, you know, guys, yes, he is funny. He does get a bunny. He does wear a bunny. He does banter off referees and stuff. But is that a man? Maybe brilliant to be. Management. If you're not, if Brian, you're on his side. Of course, he's on your side, and I, I, I can't see, I can't, I can't see them them dropping points. Season. It's just relentless. That that's it. They are, they are they are relentless. And if you've got Luke Donnelly coming in, who is, we've spoken about Luke Donnelly a number of times in this podcast over the years, and Luke Donnelly is just a big sort of beanpole, and he's frustrating, and he can be inconsistent. But when but, he's on his game, but then he could rattle one in for twenty five yards. Aye, I mean he scored the fact he scored a goal. Against our broth, so we're beating three one up at Gayfield, and he scored a goal, and it was just it's a phenomenal goal. Like his feet to 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 roll, I mean, put Tom O'Brien in his arse. How many players have done that this season? And if Dick Campbell can get the best best out of him as a sort of not necessarily a, a winger, but a wide like a sort of wide attacker, you know, somebody who'll start it wide and come in field, which might also be a position that they're kind of lacking in as well. Potentially our growth. I think so. One of the things that our growth tend to do is when they're making their substitutions, it's the wingers that, yep. that, that get changes. Very rarely do they make changes up front or yep. in the middle of the park or, or elsewhere. It's, it's just it's just the wingers. I'm sure that uh, like like Danny must have the in terms of like complete total minutes over the course of the season must be like half compared to him because the number of times he's come he, he's come on and off. But yeah, our growth, uh, brilliant team, great champions. Crowned them already. And, and, and rightly so uh, I, I thought So I mean we went up there Just before I think it was a couple of days Before Christmas uh, We're two up When the Gavin Swanky goes, Who have you mentioned Gavin Swanky who's Oh Gavin Swanky Was an exceptional season Gavin Swanky was excellent At the weekend Probably the best midfield Performance I've seen This season So good That he got in the SPFL team of the week I believe It was It was going to be Star man But uh, The powers that be Selected somebody else Who did they select? Whoever the guy was that scored a double for. How should have picked it? How do you know? <laughs> <laughs> do you know just put the asterisk next to it? It's like your team, how do you know that? I've completely forgotten the guy's name. He scored a double from uh, left midfield in the fourth tier. Annan player? <laughs> <laughs> you could walk in here and throw boiling water over your face and you wouldn't have a bloody clue who it is. Such a good memory. Two Sw- days ago, Swanky was excellent. Never wasted a pass, and he was aggressive and dominant. And Stennis Muir couldn't really get near him. 
And the Warriors are, You should be thankful That uh, <laughs> Liam Watt from East Fife Oh yeah, didn't play, like, didn't play left mid, didn't score they twice. They played similar colours. Then he transferred to East Five in the last couple of days. Easily done, easily done. <laughs> yeah, so when, when Rafe went up there before Christmas and beat them two 0 I thought right, so there's ten points in it. We've still to play them twice. Perhaps you know that'll perhaps this will knock our growth a bit. However, since then we've lost these five uh, drawn at the weekend against Airdrie, which in fairness in isolation, a point at Airdrie isn't a bad result. And you know, some in the second half, Rafe probably should have won the game, but. Back, back to 13 points against uh, it's too much so you saw Airdrie at the weekend actually did Towsie and Murray get on at, um... uh, well uh, the first half they should have been leading by more uh, in, in the first half they probably Robbie Thompson had a, a very good save from uh, I think it was Scott Robertson uh, right before the half time wasn't which would have put Airdrie to not and probably would have put them out of sight uh, but they got deeper and deeper in the second half and, and Ruth kind of dominated possession and you know, probably deserved uh, to win the game but didn't but they're, they're certainly a far better proposition than, than before he took over I'm surprised they were ever in that position. First, I think it says a lot that Stevie Finlay just wasn't really, wasn't really up to it. And you were Ian Murray, I think. I was actually on an Airdrie podcast last week, the only the lonely podcast. Would highly recommend it. And I said that that was the point I made was that in the circumstances, I don't think, in fact, I don't think any team in the division could really ask for a better manager than than Ian Murray, given what he achieved last time he was working at part time level. It's interesting though that there was there was that kind of theory that Jack Ross was the the kind of brains. Behind that operation Yeah and that theory for me Didn't really go away When I listened to Scott Agnew Scott Agnew In the Pele podcast Yeah Aye That's him It's kind of reaffirmed it really Yeah I asked him Sort of straight out He said there's that line I thought what do you think He's like well I played a big part But Ian Murray picked the team And chose the tactics and stuff So Well did we know that Well that's what I'm saying You can only go by The the guys that were there What they say That's quite a conspiracy thing (laughs) You're just making Jack Ross The manager Um, (laughs) League one level As for, as for Stennis Muir uh, they are it's unbelievable they're still within touch and distance of three points behind Brecon City and Dumbarton I don't think they will be for much longer okay uh, Brecon uh, sorry Sean's gone away I thought he was going to explain his, his point there so I'll wait till he's come back from the fridge <laughs> he's got to explain his point uh, in an interpretive uh, dance no, they're in the fridge Sean they're in the fridge I took him out of the freezer that's his, uh, that's his lager Sean McGuigan today is brought to you by Tenants Lager they're in there, keep oh, looking. Next to the diced chicken breasts. Aye, so I have another peek behind the curtain here that everyone's absolutely gagging for. No, but Stenny's Stenny, big problem this season is that the, the standard defending has been has been really, really poor. Um, it shows, like, one of the, the bit, probably the, 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 the player that's most emblematic of that is Jesus Garcia Tenor. He obviously made his name, a relative name for himself in Scotland, after good performances at Livingston and then Hamilton Academical, left Hamilton uh, and out of the game for a couple of months and joined Edinburgh City. Now, when he was at Edinburgh City last season, Stennis Muir beat Edinburgh four times. Right? They weren't Edinburgh a good team this year, but they are they're not a good side. Uh, they weren't a good side last year. Coincidentally, since Jesus and Jesus has left, I, I don't I don't know. But, but for him signing for Stenhouse Muir, it's you're thinking, well, geez, oh, you know, that's the sort of sign you've signed a guy who wasn't very good mm-hmm. in a poor team last season. And it said a lot that... Um, at lower level. At lower level. It said a lot that the manager played uh, a right-back at centre-back and left uh, Jesus on the bench. And he was very poor. He was very poor against... Uh, it's a shame injuries have just done him in, really. Yeah. But it's just... Uh, the lack of positional awareness of that you know something mm. it's like when you see how are you not no seeing that how are you let guys run off your blind side um, Andy Munro has come in from for Athletic who is a big stopper I think he's from Sorton or somewhere like that somewhere around your neck of the woods uh, just Edinburgh generally um, and he's a he's a big stopper he's a big meat and potatoes no nonsense defender he's a wee bit hard as well so you've got him and Morgan Neal together you've got the axis of a good team I still think Stennis Muir are short in a number of positions I think they need another right back uh, they need another striker because Mark McGuigan's doing a power of work in his own up front I mean I think if you're to see Stennis Muir's goal scorers he's in something like 12 or 13 for the season and then it's a massive drop off uh, drop off from there I, can't even, I couldn't even think of who, who, who the next scorers every time I've been to see them it seems to be Mark McGuigan that's scoring the goals and like I say they're, they're lucky that, uh, that, that Brecon aren't very good I think there's a scope for Brecon to get better certainly I think there's a scope for Dumbarton to get better as well already um, Jim Duffy let go two players yesterday Brad Spencer and Jamie McGowan have left the club so although Dumbarton have about eight fit players on the books 
I think by the time they play it's Montrose at the end of the month, by the end of the transfer, I think they should have the wherewithal to, to bring a, big, big, a bigger squad. The, I've the, never seen injuries like that. The, the, the Buttons also lost their best player, though. And that, well, unless you can bring Dom, Dom Thomas, Thomas back. back. Uh, I mean, that will be a massive loss for them. Cause oh, he's, he, he, was right, he was right good for them because that's a right stodgy team. And he... Uh, He's the sort of player that can do something. And he has pace because the banter like so slow. Oh, aye. Mm-hmm. And as I as I kind of rudely said as I, as I was going to the fridge, that the fact that Breakin were able to bring in Scott Robertson, I mean, I thought he was. I thought he he showed in flashes at the, at the game we were at Gayfield that he will make a massive difference mm-hmm. to to Breakin. Well, I think once he's back up to speed and that, he'll be a, he'll be a good good player. Uh, for that level, but it's interesting at the bottom of the the bottom of League One. You're, you're I, probably Stennis Smear are still the favourites, but they're, it's they're not out of it yet. You know they're not. Uh, are Stennis Muir weaker than last season? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say although Stennis Muir had a uh, Stennis defence was better last season because you had uh, Stennis Muir's defence with better goalkeeper. I think Graham Smith's one of the best goalkeepers in the leagues. The league, I think Graham Smith are, are, are a really, really good goalkeeper. But um, last season's back four: Rory Donaldson, Mick Dunlop, Ross Dunlop, Ross Meakin. Now, uh, Mick Dunlop's got to Peterhead, where he could win another championship. Ross Meakin's <coughs> gone to Forfa. I think he d- doubled his money by going there. And Ross Dunlop went to went to East Fife. And I'm sure Brown Ferguson said that there were players that he wanted to keep for next season. And I certainly think Ross Dunlop and Ross Meakin were two players he wanted to keep. Morgan Neal um, is a he's a, a big stopper. I've used that phrase a few times. I think a big stopper, but I think that. In terms of ball playing stuff, Ross Dunlop's better. Mick Dunlop was probably a bit, bit better positionally. And at right back, uh, Ross Meakin's about 100 times the player that, that Alan Reid is. Um, so, I, I I think so. We had Harry Payton for the full of last season as well. Harry Payton's going back to Ross County to try and fight for his place in the team. And good luck to him. I hope he, I hope he does really really well there. Uh, but, yeah, the last season, I think if you were to, to play them, last season's team would beat be this team. We'll finish... In League Two with Cowdenbeath, I I'm really kind of chuffed for Cowdenbeath because they've spent they've spent the last well let's face it they've spent the last four years so they've been let me get this right now they were relegated relegated relegation playoff relegation playoff so yeah. all they've done for the last four seasons is like circle the drain yeah uh, I, I think there's probably a realization that they probably had to do things differently this season. I must say when when they appointed Gary Bolin, that's the second manager in the last few years that they've appointed that I've thought I don't know how that how well that will go. But it's also the, the second manager in the last few years where I've thought that and actually he's done quite well. When they appointed Gary Locke, I thought he is not going to keep you up. He did. Uh last season Gary Bolin kept them up and now this season they're sitting fifth in the league. Albeit without, you know, the one of their better signings I thought that some of us was Jason uh, Jason Talbot barely played this season I think he's maybe started nine nine games or something this season however unusually for this Cowdenbeath team or unusually for Cowdenbeath they've got a kind of wealthy options going forward they've got a kind of decent midfield and they've got a reasonably decent defence and they might have uh, one of the better goalkeepers in the lower leagues that didn't, Evergreen. That, that didn't make the, the top 10 lower league goalkeepers and that was entirely down to, to me and you forgetting about them about yeah, three weeks ago uh, there was a number of when folks say why is this player not in the, the list I was like ah I forgot about him sorry mate Lee, Lee, fucking Lee Robinson was in there <laughs> fucking Avid Merrion's in there and, and, and a guy who's a genuinely genuinely top class goalkeeper I think I forgot Still, still playing uh, extraordinarily well. You should probably say his name. We're talking about this as if, as if you were. It's David Merrin, who's, who's only just done thirty-eight. So he's actually slightly younger than I thought. I mean, even younger uh, than you. Uh, yep, yep, he's two years younger than me. <laughs> he, so he probably still has a good few years uh, left in him. But I mean, at the back, I, th- I thought they missed Talbot. I mean, I mean, he's been injured for the, the majority of the season. Uh, Harvey Swan, who I think is a kind of local kind uh, beef boy. He's uh, he's filled in there and doing very well at left back. They've managed to bring in uh, David Marsh, who, who you'll know about at, at centre half, and he's doing a big stopper. Big stopper. <laughs> Meat and potatoes, <laughs> Meat and potatoes, big stopper knows uh, knows where Rose Ed is and doing very well alongside. Uh, the were County fans were all very hopeful that they would get Robbie Dees back uh, uh, on loan from Celtic. He had a, a, an exceptional uh, first half of the season. They've managed to retain him for the for the second half. They've got uh, There's a weird thing It's probably just A, a strange coincidence But uh, So Wraith Rovers Got Daniel Armstrong uh, Who was released By Wolverhampton In the summer He 
was without a club until October. Now he's been he's been really good at yeah, he's been good. Jordan Allen was released by Wolves uh, in the summer. Couldn't get a club. Was eventually signed by Cowbeath in November, and already he is Cowbeath's top goalscorer uh, this season. They've got he was in the team of the week. He was in the team of the week. I mean, I don't know who picks that, but they they certainly <laughs> know their onions, uh, whoever it is. And, and quite uh, the person and, who picks it even checked the Cowbeath highlights to see which side of midfield he <laughs> was playing. So, so, this person thought he might have played on the left because I know that he's experienced playing on the left. But in fact, he's playing on the right, and that's what you that's what you tune in for that kind of insider knowledge. Thank you. I'll quite, see you boys a little. Quite, uh, <laughs> <laughs> quite ambitiously for for kind of, I mean, they've got quite a got quite an attack lineup. So Chris Renton, mm-hmm. who has kind of struggled, I suppose, higher up uh, Scottish football. Where well, Alloa, aye, 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 he's quite suited for for what Alloa are looking to do. But he does very well at League Two level, kind of leading the life of kind of with a kind of David Cox one side and uh, Jordan Allen the other. I think it's a bit of a shame that, that Jordan Sheeran uh, is getting less uh, game time. I saw him at the start of the season; he's got twice. Uh, against Ruth Rovers, he was he was extremely overweight, and from what I read, he's put on a significant amount of weight since the start of the season. So I would love to see him, and I tell you, where I'd particularly love to see him. I'd really like to see him play against Rangers on Wednesday and uh, Friday. I'd like to see what Stephen Gerrard makes of him. I appreciate he won't start, but I hope he makes a, a game-changing late appearance in the 85th minute. Uh, I, I now think that Cowdenbeath have uh, a team that could challenge for fourth. Uh, I, I don't think there's much between them and Annan. Do I think they're as good as Clyde or Peterhead or, or Edinburgh City? No, absolutely not. But I, I can see them finishing in the, uh, in the top four coming at the end of the season. Just one last thing. I sort of spent. I I've come out to play without doing my homework and I didn't read up on on Kevin Meath. But one thing I wanted to say is I noticed that they beat Elgin City four one at the weekend. There now, Kevin Meath were excellent, uh, but the person who got Elgin's goal was Daryl McCarty. Now. <laughs> I'm going to go and refer to, to Daryl McCarty's Twitter so uh, a couple of hours ago uh, Daryl McCarty signed a new two year deal a new two year deal with, uh, with Elgin and he tweeted out a quote to, he tweeted El- Elgin saying quote tweeted delighted to sign another two years with Elgin City I see the football then not long after that he retweeted a thing from a guy called John a girl that literally licked my bum hole in the back of my car six days ago has just actually gone to dam with her boyfriend for their two year anniversary. Laughing emoji. Poor lad. I think it's Amsterdam or Piper Dam. <laughs> well, uh, I'd I, I, I hate to think of it, but I'm a, a terrible thing for that to happen to, uh, to your girlfriend to. To, to the thing that. is, that is not even remotely the worst thing that Daryl McCarty has ever tweeted or retweeted. No, it, it, it's not. I mean, we'll have to do a deep dive there. I think maybe that is something we should dedicate an entire podcast to at some point, just going through <laughs> Daryl McCarty's Twitter page and digging out uh, some of the, the, the stuff. I think he retweets lassies that says, like, oh, desperate, I really want to go to Creamfields and stuff, like, retweets it. Who cares? Empty. <laughs> There's not a picture of him being sick in his bed or something. Aye. First night on holiday. What was that? I was that when we went to Barcelona or something. I'm sure. Was it Duncan McKay who was talking about that? Was it a podcast he was talking about it? Can't remember. Fake to talk about it. This is all public stuff. I mean, his Twitter page isn't locked down or anything like that. But if you want to go and see a guy get a t- lose his wallet and get attacked by pigeons in Barcelona, have a look in, have a look in his TL, man. It's absolutely popping off there. <laughs> Right, that's it. Thank you very much for listening. Be sure to join us again next time. And if you'd like to hear more, check out the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast, where we are about to look at our 11 best play. What is it? A select 11 of lower league jobbers who haven't played for your club. Yeah. So Craig and Sean are going to do this because my team's only been in the Championship once in my lifetime. And I've, did you I, I, I wrote down the name Bob Harris. And then I was, did you know what to do that? Anyone from the, no. t- the, the Cow and Beef team that were beaten 10 0? Uh, surprisingly, no. Oh, fuck. Um, you should also say that the Terrace Podcast is hosting its first ever live show. That's going to take place on Friday, the 8th of February, at Glasgow Caledonian University Students Association. The tickets will go on sale tomorrow. The 15th Friday. Friday's tomorrow, Friday, 9 o'clock. They'll go for £15 and judging so far, I think that we were looking at a good place. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, a good place shifting, judging, judging by the response and the quotes. Somebody was talking about changing flights to, to come to it, so that's pretty cool. Um, so make sure you make sure you log on, because it'll be brilliant to see there, because it's going to be great fun. We've not decided 100% exactly what we're going to be talking about. I imagine it's just going to be like this. Yeah. 
Eh, for 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 an hour, for an hour me, me and Sean like the the naughty the naughty school kids, and you're our stepdad who really wants to hit us ah, but can't because yeah. <laughs> it's getting on your tits. Who <laughs> 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 right, so else is joining us? Is um, another podcast? Andy Harrow. And Andy Harrow apparently. Um, I've never appeared to Andy Harrow. Have you not? No. I'd, I'd quite like to talk to him about uh, it's some kind of I think we could do a radio over banter year sort of stuff like, yeah. I mean, there must be there must be thousands of things we can talk about when I say that thousands I remind the Simpsons you know the, 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 the gummy lips the candy of a thousand uses like the one, a humorous substitute for your own lips keep going <laughs> I laid it down in the basement. <laughs> That'll be the Wraith Rovers Bantius. Claudin Elka, he was funny. Right, what else? I think I laid it down in the basement. In all seriousness, in all seriousness please lock down your, your, your phone for then because I think it's going to be great fun. It's going to be great fun. So that's Friday the 8th of February, Glass Caledonia Association. Tickets are going to be £15. Doors are at 7 for a half 7 start. Should be done in over in about three hours. And you get a Q&A as well, so anything you want to ask us, um, you can. Say goodbye. Uh, no, because I wanted to. One last thing. I, you know how we do normally do body old trolls. All right, okay. At the end, I turn this from BAT to TAT because I want to thank a troll and I want to say a big thank you to Mr. Ricky Wilson because there's nothing better than waking up at half past five on a Sunday morning and checking out all the clips from Berwick Rangers goals at the weekend. It's a great way to start my Sunday. I know everyone feels the same. So thank you for your time. I know you don't get the engagement you think you're looking for, but believe me, uh, your good work has not gone unnoticed. Thank you. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk I quite remember when uh, this episode of The Simpsons where Troy McClure gets his big break in the Planet of the Apes musical. Not his big break, a career renaissance in Planet of the Apes musical. I can't remember, it's at the end of the movie, they ask him to do, you can either do this movie or this, and it's the contrabulous fab traption of Professor. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'll have to look it up. Contrab. It's there, it's him. The contrabulous fab traption of Professor Horatio Hofnagel. He had the choice. That's, that's what he says here. He decided to create this movie instead of being McBain's sidekick in McBain 4 Fatal Discharge. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.